The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Thank you, and good morning. Can everybody hear me okay? Excellent. Uh, uh, it is wonderful to see so many faces, and I'm just going to take a moment uh, to look through the gallery view again. Yeah, beautiful. So many people I haven't seen in person in a long time, uh, new faces, and dear friends, and it's wonderful to see you. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Fugan, and as Joshin Roshi said, I'm joining you from uh, Hyannis Zendo uh, on Cape Cod, and we're an affiliate of the Village Zendo, um, one of a few different satellite groups uh, here in the sort of hinterland. And we uh, just finished up a short session last week. It was actually more of a, a weekend retreat, what we called a mini session up in New Hampshire at uh, High Meadow Farm. And this was uh, the place of very cooling breezes. Uh, right now, the Cape is not so cool. Uh, we're in the midst of a heat wave as well and a drought. Um, and it is uh, extraordinary. But up in New Hampshire, we sat uh, a beautiful weekend together with friends. Um, it was it was joyful and it was uh, simple and uh, deep practice. And we sat in a space that was created by our Sangha members, Shotoku and Yudo, who many of you know. And they've created this wonderful retreat center full of amazing energy. Um, we had a lot of zazen, but it was relaxing, and there was a wind blowing up from the valley into this uh, hilly or mountainous center. Uh, we did liturgy. Um, we connected to New, Ham New Hampshire sanghas and sat with uh, Ankyo Roshi's Dharma sister, Mujo. Uh, and we had great food cooked by uh, Shitoko and Yudo. Uh, we did Orioki. It was, it was a wonderful uh, weekend. And even in that kind of very small space, uh, a lot of work went into it, a lot of planning, efforts that uh, extended for months beforehand and went well beyond the people sitting there. And so today, of course, is the uh, last day before Ango begins. And tomorrow night, we're going to start Ango uh, with our Dai session, the 10-day big session um, that we, we traditionally do, but haven't had a chance to do in person uh, for three years. This is our first session in person with the Village Zendo. And the planning for Seshin and for Ango, of course, uh, is much bigger than a simple little weekend that we did. This planning happens over many months, you know, even a year or more in advance, the conversations are started. And over all that time, the teachers at Village Zendo, um, our Shuso, our practice leader, Shugo, and many, many Sangha members uh, have been planning 
and organizing, emailing back and forth, strategizing how to do this session uh, in this very turbulent moment. And for a lot of weeks, uh, many of us who are not part of directly part of the planning have also been thinking about what Ango will look like, you know, from our own perspective. What will it be like after so long of not having had a chance to sit session or to uh, come together? Or if you're doing Ango at home, how will you shape your Ango practice, your period of peaceful dwelling? Here in Hyannisendo, uh, we've begun reading the text together and considering our Shuso Shugo's questions uh, to help us deepen our commitment during this Ango period. And I know right now some of the village Zendo community are heading to Wisdom House where we're going to do Sashin, heading there to set up uh, ahead of time. And some of us are preparing to leave tomorrow or, you know, in my case, uh, preparing to prepare to leave tomorrow for Sashin. And the day before Ango or the day before Sashin can be frantic. Uh, logistically and also in our minds. You know, have we completed everything we needed to complete before leaving? Uh, no. Are we ready for 10 days of intense practice on Sashin? Uh, who knows? You know, what will re we remember from the liturgy that we haven't uh, done so fully in, in years, literally? You know, what will my interactions be like, you know, will my body even hold up to this uh, intense practice? And of course, we, we also bring our larger fears and anxieties with us into Ango and into uh, Sashin. You know, will my COVID test that I take tomorrow morning be negative um, or will it uh, get in the way of my participating? You know, what's, what are the COVID precautions going to be like? Sitting with a mask day after day, how hot will it be with the uh, windows open? And, and of course, what's gonna happen uh, outside Sashin with the politics and the war and the climate, right? Especially if I'm not there keeping track moment by moment, <laughs> what's gonna happen? So this, this day before can be quite daunting, exciting, maybe hopeful. You know, but what is this, this experience? As Shugo wrote in his letter, he was describing a moment in his travels to London when he stopped and sat. He said he, he had a sense of expectation. He wrote, something was about to happen and something is about to happen. Something is always about to happen as our lives unfold moment by moment, right? Something is always about to happen as our lives unfold moment by moment. So today is, yes, the day before Ango, and it's also simply today. Huang Po asked the assembly, if you go traveling around like this, where will you have today? right? Traveling around, searching, 
for the truth, for something to fulfill you, someone to show you the way, or traveling around in your mind in preparation for tomorrow, right? We get stuck in today is the day before, but where will we have today? So this morning, uh, our low tide was at uh, around 3.30, 3.30 a.m. And uh, out here, we keep the tide in mind, you know, for a few different reasons. But uh, for me, it, it low tide is a great time to get out to uh, one of my favorite beaches, which I've talked about a few times before. And so early this morning, I got out to this uh, isolated strip of sand and a very low dune with seagrass that separates uh, a saltwater marsh on the north from the Atlantic Ocean uh, to the south. And it was already pretty hot and very humid um, as it's been out here for weeks. And before I left, I saw the uh, air quality warning as bad air today, right? It's a little dangerous. And these are stark reminders that um, climate change is happening, right? Climate disaster is here and uh, we are not meeting the challenge. And it's, uh, it's heartbreaking. And at the same time, uh, early this morning, it was, uh, it was marvelous. Uh, to the south and the ocean side, um, waves, vastness, uh, over the dunes, these dark pools and grasses blowing in the wind, right? a black sea and the stars fading out as the dawn approached. And I saw silhouettes of uh, great blue herons in the marsh, right? These are the, the most elegant birds that I see around here. And they have uh, voices like a rusty door creaking open. Uh, a few piping plovers are still out there. Uh, loads of seagulls, of course. Uh, the terns, the least terns especially, uh, diving after me, uh, making sure that I don't um, think about heading towards their nests. And there was also a flock of geese sort of lounging haphazardly on the beach. And then after I had passed them, they flew by in this uh, beautiful formation, just inches over the water. And then as I headed home facing east now, I watched the dawn gathering, right? the darkness disappearing. And for the last few mornings, uh, I've been thinking about a wonderful Mary Oliver poem uh, from her book, House of Light. And this is called The Buddha's Last Instruction. And I'd like to spend some time this morning looking at this uh, Mary Oliver poem. So she begins, make yourself a light, said the Buddha before he died. I think of this every morning as the East begins to tear off its many clouds of darkness to send up the first signal, a white fan streaked with pink and violet, even green. 
So Cape Cod, as you may know, is, is known for its wonderful light. The light out here attracts artists, photographers, um, people uh, who just enjoy seeing this, this uh, translucent clarity, this wonderful light. The name of the Wampanoag tribe, the original inhabitants of this land, translates as people of the light. Sorry, people of the first light. And in this case, uh, first is, is because we are so far out on this uh, spit of land uh, out in the Atlantic Ocean, so the sun rises here first. But also first, I think, in the depth and clarity of the light. Right, this this uh, bit of land surrounded by ocean. And so Mary Oliver spent many years wandering the Outer Cape, uh, watching, looking, bearing witness, and sharing her insights through her brilliant poetry. Uh, as she wrote in her poem, Yes, No, which is the title, she said, to pay attention, this is our endless and proper work. Right, what wonderful instruction for us as Zen students to pay attention. This is our endless and proper work. Make yourself a light is how she glosses the Buddha's last instruction. Thich Nhat Hanh expressed this as the Buddha telling his disciples, be an island unto yourself. Do not rely on anything else and you will not be drowned by the waves of sorrow and despair. You should take refuge in the Dharma and take the Dharma as the island. But right now, uh, Mary Oliver's gloss, make yourself a light, uh, seems to reach both inward and outward without any kind of closing off. It resonates with uh, our our instruction to turn the light inwards, which is part of Dogen Zenji's instructions for Zazen for everyone, the Fukan Zanzenji, Fukan Zazenji. He wrote, take the backward step and turn the light inwards. Now this is exactly our instruction for Ango. This light is, of course, you looking at you. Or, as we might say in line with uh, Cohen Ejo's work, um, the Komyozo Zanmai, which is our study text this summer, we might say, practice luminosity. And in this work, our study text is often translated as the practice of the treasury of luminosity. Or we could say the samadhi of the treasury of luminosity, or even being immersed in luminosity. And Kohen Ejo uh, describes luminosity as the practice of sitting under the open sky, weightless as a flame. Now, it's beautiful and importantly, it's a practice. Right? We have to commit to it. As Cohen instructs, just throw body and mind into the great treasury of luminosity and don't look back. Right? Totally immersed. 
The other day, uh, Ryoshin reminded us that you can't understand Zazen by thinking about Zazen. You just have to sit down and practice. You know, which makes me think of an expression I heard the other day, and I can't stop repeating it because it just so tickles me. Um, in a ham and eggs breakfast, the chicken is involved, the pig is committed. Right? So throw body and mind into the practice of luminosity. Commit to it. Don't look back. Dogen wrote, when even for a moment you sit upright in samadhi, expressing the Buddha mudra form in the three activities, body, speech, and thought, the whole world of phenomenon becomes the Buddha mudra, and the entire sky turns into enlightenment. Right? When we engage luminosity with this triple gate of body, speech, and mind, right? this isn't the imagined body, a golden Buddha body, or some healthy version of our body with no ailments that we'd like to think we'll have someday. This is this body right now, you know, all its aches and pains and tiredness and imperfections, right? The body, the mind, uh, darting here and there, leaping, you know, like a monkey in the trees, our monkey mind. And speech, communication, our expression, which uh, sometimes is clear and, you know, for most of us very often is flawed. So this open, illuminating sky that Cohen and Dogen point to includes all this. It is in sitting, uh, in the step backwards, and in each step. As the text beautifully puts it, this step, this step, all are walking, all, sorry, this step, this step, all are the walking of luminosity. And so this is not instructions to some quiescent state of mind. Uh, the practice of luminosity requires action. Right? This step, preparing for ango. This step, jumping into sashin. This step, making breakfast. You know, taking care of family and friends. Organizing a retreat. Right? This step thinking about our carbon footprint and how we can reduce it and working towards uh, climate justice in our neighborhoods and communities. Right? This step is speaking what we perceive to be the truth, speaking up and speaking out against injustice, volunteering our time and energy, our skills. So the, the luminosity of the Komyozo Zanmai may sound at first sort of mystical and otherworldly, right? like the, time, the term enlightenment, you know, which we tend to avoid talking about in Zen. Uh, luminosity suggests light, but it is active. It's in our work. It permeates our messy lives. So according to Kohn, 
In this luminosity, usual people and sages, deluded and enlightened, are one. Right? Our, our very own clarity and our very own confusion are included. You know, no one is left out. And yet, he goes on, in the midst of impermanence, this luminosity is unobstructed. Right? In the midst of the relative world of ongo and non-ongo, getting ready, worrying, letting go of worrying, luminosity is unobstructed. Forests, flowers, grasses, leaves, humans and animals, large or small, long or short, square or round, all display themselves simultaneously, free of discriminating thoughts or intentions. So on the same beach this morning, um, I came across what I think is a uh, juvenile green turtle that had washed up about a week ago. Um, she, she was dead and in relatively good condition the first time I saw her. And the birds, the weather, the tide, the sun um, have been slowly dissolving this uh, beautiful turtle into elements, the elemental parts. And so today the tail was all the way down to a skeleton. Uh, there's still flesh under the shell and the skull has patches of hide stuck to it. In Mary Oliver's poem, she places the Buddha at Kusinagara, uh, the place where he dies. And when we meet him in her poem, Shakyamuni Buddha had already eaten his final meal of poisoned mushrooms. An old man, he lay down between two solid trees and he might have said anything, knowing it was his final hour. Right, there's, there's an urgency uh, there, knowing it was his final hour. Right, as Shugo said, something is about to happen. Something is always about to happen. Mary Oliver continues, the light burns upwards. It thickens and settles over the fields, right? cones, forests, flowers, grasses, leaves, humans, and animals. And around him, writes Mary Oliver, the villagers gathered and stretched forward to listen. Right? She ties this moment of dying, uh, this experience of great loss, uh, fear, and uncertainty with this flowering of illumination that covers everything and everyone. Right, Village Zendo right now is getting ready to set up the wisdom house for us, getting ready for Ango and Sashin, like we're doing here at home or in the city. Uh, these villagers are stretching forward to listen. Right, and this, this act too is illumination. Mary Oliver goes on, I am touched everywhere by its ocean of yellow waves. And who is this I? Is it Mary Oliver, the Buddha, you and me? Luminosity has no location, writes Koenejo. It's not born with you, nor does it die with you. 
right? This is the reality that permeates us. No doubt, continues Mary Oliver, he thought of everything that had happened in his difficult lives, in his difficult life, right? Our lives of joy and sorrow, loss and pain, are also this illuminating sky. And the poem continues. And then I feel the sun itself as it blazes over the hills like a million flowers on fire. Clearly, I'm not needed. Yet I feel myself turning into something of inexplicable value. Right. This I who is not needed, we can let go of him in this uh, luminous treasury. And in doing so, realize our inexplicable value. What does that look like? Again, you know, folding up ropes, uh, sweeping the floor before we go, gassing up the car, and turning into something of inexplicable value. And her poem ends, slowly beneath the branches, he raises his head. He looks into the faces of that frightened crowd. Slowly beneath the branches, he raised his head. He looked into the faces of that frightened crowd. This is, this is not a resolution. There's no finish here. Cohen writes, from the highest heaven to the deepest hell, all realms are illuminated perfectly. And so today we prepare for Ango. And that's just simply preparing for Ango. This is where we'll have today. And tomorrow we'll meet in Ango. So thank you for your practice and your attention.